You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to episode 13 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the author of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, not doing too bad. A uh, bit of a long day, but not, yeah, pretty, pretty good weekend. Was, um, was at Wembley yesterday for some American football, so I had a, had a good weekend, and yeah, um, not, not too bad. A bit off work for a little bit, so yeah. I'm pretty happy. How about you? Um, well, I'm all right. I'm fascinated. I know we've we've touched upon um, we've touched upon American football on the podcast before, and um, whilst yeah. it isn't our traditional fair, who were they? Who was who was playing at Wembley yesterday? So yesterday we had uh, the Los Angeles Chargers beating the Tennessee Titans. So yeah, Chargers are a pretty good team. Titans maybe a little less so. But yeah, they actually put up a good fight and nearly nearly won it at the end. So it's, yeah, pretty exciting. Because I thought that. Um, um, Wembley had an, a, a sort of an adopted team. Um, now, yeah. what's, what's the name of the? Is it the Jacksonville Jaguars? I think so. Yeah, and they're yeah they're playing again uh, next next Sunday. It must be. Um, yeah, they have a home game there all the, every year. So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's their that's their adopted team, and potentially yeah something a bit bit more down the line. You never know. Well, I mean, listeners might wonder why on earth we're talking about American football, but of course, am I right in thinking that the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars is the same chap who tried to buy Wembley for 600 million quid? Yeah, I think he's got uh, a few pennies in his pocket. Um, he's pulled, yeah, pulled out, but maybe making another bid uh, in the future, so yeah, I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but yeah, interesting stuff. It is, isn't it? But it, I mean, it's prompted an incredibly interesting debate around um, the future of grassroots football, in particular yeah. the finance. And of course, at times like this, when the debate is thrown wide open, um, we come up with, or we're forced to now, come up with far more far more creative solutions to grassroots football's problems than just money. Um, so, uh, following off the back of the interview, of course, we did with the Somerset FA last week on the podcast about the grassroots survey, um, you know, now is definitely the time to be having a debate about the future of grassroots football in this country, uh, of which, of course, its financing is uh, is a key element. Have Have you finished? Have you completed the uh, the grassroots survey yet, Tom? I've not managed to complete. I have had a quick look, but I've, yeah, that's something I'll try. That's your homework. Doing my, uh, doing my week off, yeah. Right. Well, yeah, get, get get down and get to work. You do that, and uh, <laughs> we'll be asking you questions um, next week. Anyway. Uh, let's get on to the usual fare. Um, we've got a, uh, another cracking episode of the podcast for you. Um, two interviews with our managers in the in the Premier Division. Lee Perks, the manager of Brislington, um, talks to us this week uh, following their fantastic win at the weekend against um, certainly the much-vaunted um, Plymouth Parkway, who are without question having a bit of a wobble. And um, Chris Wise also um, talks to us about Wincanton. Wincanton, of course, very much at the races at the weekend. They beat league leaders, Welton Rovers, and we'll be talking to Chris about that. But we'll start off by having a look back at the fixtures. And we'll dip into midweek, and there was, a, there was a Premier Division game on Wednesday the 17th, Tom. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and it was, yeah, a pretty high-scoring affair. Uh, Cleveland coming out on top, 4-3 winners away at Plymouth Parkway. Big crowd, 183 there to see it. And it was the home side who, who made the better start, uh, going ahead inside 19 minutes, thanks to Aaron Bentley. Uh, but then the middle period of the match, so 10 minutes before and 10 minutes after half-time, Cleveland managed to, to score four times. Uh, Tyler Ashmi, Lucas Fowles, Sid Kemper and Alex Cam all getting on the score sheet uh, to give them yeah, control of the game. A couple of late goals from Michael Landricum and James Lorenz um, managed to 
Yeah, the game back in the balance slightly, but Partway weren't able to, to force on Nick Lyson. It was Clevedon who came out. Um, yeah, it was a three point. And Clevedon were in action again uh, on Saturday, weren't they, where they travelled to another um, one of the top sides, Bradford Town. Yeah, indeed. Uh, tough week of travel for Clevedon and, yeah, maybe uh, the second match uh, in that. In that um, yeah, Brace probably hurt them a little bit and they, yeah, came unstuck against Bradford. A uh, 3-0 win for the home side there. Uh, Wayne Thorne continuing to, to have a good start. Uh, and it was, yeah, a debut goal from Charlie Madison, uh, giving them the lead. Uh, and then goals uh, from Martin Lenahan and uh, Will Halliston after the break uh, completed the impressive win. So, yeah, a 3-0 victory for, for Bradford over... Uh, a Cleveland side who can be very happy with how they started. Well, um, the next game we're going to cover, massive crowd, 201 um, saw this, biggest uh, gate of the weekend, eight-goal thriller. I think if you were an impartial fan, and, and why on earth would you be at the game if you were, but if you were, you'd be certainly happy to get your money's worth. But, um, well, it was, a, it was a share of the spoils between Bridgewater and Roman Glass. Yeah, pretty incredible fight-back uh, from the glass. Uh, Bridgewater... Uh, going behind early, so uh, yeah, Roman Glass making a good start. Ryan Radford, uh, their star man in front of goal, putting them ahead. Uh, but then Bridgewater uh, scoring four times uh, in very quick succession, just before half time. Uh, Jack, Jack Taylor scoring a nine minute hat trick uh, to extend his lead at the top of the, the scoring charts. And there was also a goal for Jake Llewellyn uh, to give yeah, Bridgewater a, a pretty strong 4 1 half time lead. Uh, but Roman Glass stormed back, doing um, pretty much. Uh, mirroring, mirroring. Sorry, what uh, Bridgewater did, scoring three times, pretty quick succession again. Radford scoring a second, uh, and then also goals from Jason Burt and Lewis Wentland. Um, yeah, making it four-four before the hour mark. But yeah, no more goals uh, in the final half hour, so that was how it stayed. So yeah, just a share of the balls, and uh, yeah, Bridgewater four, Roman Glass four, in front of two hundred and one uh, fans. So yeah, good afternoon there. And, uh, well, we're not going to dwell too much on Bridport-Hengrove, but we certainly want a, a notable mention for one goal scorer in particular. Yeah, yeah, I always like doing this. Uh, Leighton Thomas uh, scoring a hat-trick uh, for the home side there at St Mary's Field in a, in a, in a, in a win for Bridport. So I think, yeah, he's worthy of a, worthy of a mention on the podcast this week. So, yeah, congratulations to Leighton, who scored all three of Bridport's goals. Now, uh, our next featured match is Plymouth Parkway against Brislington. Plymouth Parkway, of course, we talked about that home defeat they suffered on Wednesday. They were at home again. You would have fancied them to have made amends against um, Brislington, uh, who, uh, reasonable form of late, but, but hadn't got off to the best start, certainly, this uh, this season. But, um, well, quite a turn-up for the books, this one, Tom. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Brislington uh, coming from behind to, to claim a 3-2 win down at Belifo Park. Uh, it was Tegan Rosenquist, brilliant name, uh, putting uh, putting Plymouth Parkway ahead uh, before uh, Oakland Buck, who's um, yeah, I think uh, on the books of Bath City, he managed to, to level things up just after half time, uh, getting Bridlington on level terms. Uh, before a penalty from Shane Crack uh, gave uh, Plymouth Parkway the uh, yeah restored their lead, uh, but then with ten minutes or so left to go, uh, Connor Biggins managed to level things up uh, for the away side. Uh, and then, yeah, a fourth league winner of the, the campaign eventually came uh, late on uh, when there was, a yeah, an own goal from one of the uh, Plymouth Parkway defenders and uh, that was how it stayed. So, yeah, Brisbane running out 3-2 winners away at Plymouth Parkway. Now, of course, we talked quite a lot about Parkway um, in terms of their aspirations. Well, we, we don't know their aspirations because we haven't interviewed them yet, but we certainly talked about the other teams who've had a watchful eye on Plymouth Parkway in their inaugural season in the, in the Western League. 
But um, I felt that it was only right, really, to um, um, to talk to Lee Perks, the manager of Brislington, not about his opponents on the day, but actually about how Brislington got on. And I started off very much by saying um, that this really was a was a was a match that we should be celebrating their achievement in. We did actually play Plymouth Portway earlier on in the season in the uh, in the FA Vars, and um, we come on, we lost down there. We never had the the same sort of squad as we had on Saturday, and that's been our problem at the moment. But um, as from Saturday, we were, like I said, a lot stronger. They've had a, they've had a little bit of a doggy patch, I know. And basically, we um, well, we had to play very well from from the goalie all the way up to the front. Everyone played really well. We, we've got to do your lads justice, haven't we? Really, I mean, it was it was it, you know they they obviously put in the shift and they put into place the plan um, that um, that you'd set out for them. Yes, I mean, like I said, when we went down there in the Vaz, we were um, we we went a bit negative because we didn't want we didn't want to get beat quite heavily. Um, and then on Saturday we went down there with a different frame of mind. Uh, we set up differently, and uh, yeah, like I say, everyone from the goalkeeper, the subs, what went on, um, played their part, and you know we we come away with a with a great result. I mean, do you think it's helped? Um, the fact that they have been on a bad run is sort of put a bit of it's removed the fear factor that perhaps a few sides have had when when playing them. Yeah, I mean, like I say, when we went down there um, originally on the first game, they, I don't think they were. Um, I think they lost one game. I think then up to Willand, they played Willand on a night match in loss. I was speaking to their manager, and um, you know they they are a very good side. They're very strong. Uh, they're physical. They've got very good you know good players all the way around the pitch. Um, and like I say, we went down with a different frame of mind. Um, with a with a better with a better squad than we had originally. Um, they don't get me wrong; it was a, a close game. They were winning, and we were drawing, and we were winning, and we ended, you know ended up winning the game. Well, yeah, it was a fantastic performance from us. Um, and actually, it can kick us on a little bit now. The interviews I've done with managers um, on the podcast, you know, people have been really talking up Park, where they've been talking about how strong they are. But I, I can remember. One manager, uh, who fortunately, for the purposes of this interview, I can't remember his name, um, but I can remember one one manager saying to me, well, you know, they're new to the Western League, so let's see how they get on on a cold Tuesday night at Brislington. You've obviously got a reputation as a difficult side to beat. I mean, do you think you're, um, do you think that's, do you think that's justified? Uh, well, it all depends who turns up on the day, to be honest, what players, because that's, that, that's our main, our main issue is our consistency. Uh, work the way through the team, and that's with uh, commitment levels um, to get them to get them to the game. And when we get to the game, to you know to perform our, our best level we can. And like I said, we, we've shown on several occasions, you know, not so much this year, but through the years I've been there that we on our day we can beat anyone. I know I know, I know every, every side can probably say the same, but you know, like I said, we went down there Saturday. We were we were the underdogs, um, which probably made it a bit, you know. Easier for us, I suppose, and like I said, they had a bit of a dodgy patch. They've lost a couple of games before that, but um, but yeah, I mean, on our day when we, when I got everyone available, we 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 could be a top five side. But you know, it's just getting that consistency level for everyone. Right, you've you've been on a good you've been on a good run of results um, recently. Only only the loss to um, to odd down as a as a bit of a fly in the ointment. How, how do you feel about your side start to the season? Um, it's been a mixture, like I said. Just said earlier, it's uh, we, we've had a, we've had an hard start to be honest. Um, we we lost to uh, our first game of the season. We drew to Cabriff one all, and then we lost in the FA Cup to Cabriff the week after. 
and then we couldn't find the win, to be honest. But it was down to what well, I believe to the commitment levels of the players. Of you know, there's still a lot of people for us, and there's weddings and stag dues and all the rest of it, and I couldn't get everyone you know together at the same time. Uh, I'm not looking for excuses because there are a lot of teams. I, I listened to Tony Beaton's uh, interview last week, and he was uh, um, he couldn't get everyone he wanted, and used a lot of players up to now. And so are we, to be honest. But uh, I knew when, after the Ogden game, uh, I knew everyone was available. And like I said, we picked up a couple of results before that. We went away to Bridport and won one nil, which I don't think, you know, as long as I've been involved with the club, I don't think we've ever beat Bridport down there, uh, which was a good result. And then we beat Hengrove and the Levs Phillips. And then, um, obviously, we come unstuck against Ogden. But uh, as from now, kicking on, um, I think I've got, you know, everyone available. We've got a game tomorrow night, funny enough, against Cribs. And hopefully we can, you know, they're, they're a good side as well. Hopefully we can try and get the three points, because I, I believe in this league, three points is massive. So what were your targets going into the start of this season? Uh, well, I've been, this is my third year uh, as being the first-team manager. And the first year we come 10th, uh, which was a good a good season for us. And last year we, we tailed off a bit, I think we finished. Um, like I said, we've got, uh, we've got a, a lot of younger side now at the, at the club. You know, we've got a good under-18s team, which I've got two or three of them playing in the first team. So our targets really are being halfway, uh, realistically, trying to finish above 10th if we can. You know, even if we can get into that 7th or 6th area, then that, that would be uh, you know, a very good season for the club. But ultimately, it's just for us to, to try and get these young ones to bring some more through and make, you know, make the club better. Now, you mentioned this game, uh, the next game you've got coming up against Cribs. You've got Bitten as well um, uh, yeah, coming up. Now, there, yeah. now, neither of those games are going to be easy for you, are they? No, I, to be honest with you, there's, there's no easy games in this league. I know, I know, um, you know, the, I know Shortwood hasn't won a game yet. They're, 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 they're looking for their first win, and as soon as they get it, they might get the ground running. But I'd say no easy games. Uh, I don't think Bitten's lost in the league as well this year. Um, so, you know, that's a derby for us as well. You know, five minutes away. But um, like I say, no easy games in this football. Is who wants to win it the most? And if you can get your side out on the day, then you know, we got a chance. You know, uh, you look at the top six teams. That's all the teams we've played. You know, the Willans. We've played the Willans, the Bridgewaters, the Westbury's. So you know, we we have played a lot of the top sides at this moment in time. And now, normally, um, I, I ask managers what they think of, of the sides that they've come up against. But as I say, I, I feel that would be sort of doing, not really doing you justice because you you know you're beaten part way, and uh, you know it's going to be one of those things that everybody wants to talk about. You know, other sides. I think it's um, um, I, I, I've, I've corrected myself for the purposes of this interview that really we should be should really be talking talking about you and talking you up. And um, with that in mind, you've got Warminster coming up in the Les Phillips Cup, and now that's a competition you could do well in this season. We've got to the semi-final twice, and I think we've, we've got them stuck in the semi-final. But you know, it is a it's a League Cup, and let's say it's a, it's an, it's a home draw, which is a, an advantage, especially on a Tuesday night, because these these Les Phillips Cups are in, in midweek now. So playing on a Tuesday is an advantage, I think. Uh, yeah, they are a Division One side, and no doubt they'll be wanting to beat a Premier side. And then you know, see if we, you know who we can get in the next round if we go through. But I mean, your capacity, your results this season would suggest that actually, unlike probably many of the of, of the of the sides in the competition, you know, on your day you could actually cause an upset pretty much anywhere in the league. 
Yeah, that's right. We could. Yeah, because we have got the, we've got the. I keep telling them in the change rooms. I'm looking around and I'm telling them we've got the ability to do it. It's just if they want to do it on the day, and that's the, the hardest thing to try and get them. You know, get them out. You know, Saturday was brilliant. We had a coach and coming in. It was brilliant. And hopefully, obviously, Tuesday night we got a game. I know Tuesday night games are always different. But if we can get a win again, it takes us on for Bitten. And I know everyone will be up against, you know, to play Bitten. Like I say, on our day, yeah, we can beat anyone. But also on our day, we can lose against anyone. Now, one one final question, Lee. Um, yeah. uh, it's been, last week was quite a high-profile week for grassroots football. Lots of coverage about the FA and the sale of Wembley and the, and the investment that, yeah. um, that should be going into grassroots football. I mean, from your perspective as a manager and when you think about your relationship with the players, I mean, what, what, do you, what, would, you like to see the, um, what would you like to see the FA do to improve grassroots football? You know, grassroots football at this moment, I think it's not nowhere near like it used to be when I was playing at kids. You know, I think there's, uh, there's a lot that the moment don't, don't really, I'll say, enjoy playing football, but don't sort of get the commitment level. I think there's so many other things for them to do at the moment. Like there's more money about for us, you know, for them to, to try and clubs to these kids in and start playing football. And my thanks to Lee for his time. And finally, um, one last game that we're going we're gonna to have a quick look at in the, uh, in the Premier Division um, was, um, well, Westbury United. It's happened at last. No, they haven't lost, but um, they haven't won. <laughs> yeah, just a draw for Westbury on the weekend. Uh, so, yeah, uh, their run of eight successive wins uh, to start the league campaign finally coming to an end. Uh, a one-all draw at home to Harlem. They did go ahead. Uh, top scorer Callum Demkiv uh, put in the head in pretty fortunate circumstance. I think it deflected off in a little bit uh, following a goal kick. Uh, but yeah, so Westby going into the lead. But then Hallam managed to, to, to gain a point and it was uh, Aaron Anglin uh, who equalised for them. Uh, yeah, to claim a pretty important point for, for Hallam. And they're doing not too bad this season, just in mid-table. But yeah, uh, Westbury's uh, winning run come to an end finally. Well, I just slipped that one in, Tom, because um, I was desperate to find out who the goal scorers were in that game. Um, I did manage to catch the second half, um, so I, I wasn't. Although I knew it was one 0 I didn't know that um, Callum Denkiv had got had got Westbury's first. And um, he, although I watched Hallen equalise, I couldn't. I couldn't. It was down the other opposite end of the stadium to me, and I, I couldn't. Um, I couldn't see who got it, but uh, that was partly because I, I spent most of my. Um, I spent most of the afternoon chasing up and down the stand, trying to keep hold of my two children um but um yeah as always a lovely a lovely visit to um to westbury i tell you i mean the, the weather on saturday oh it was like a summer's day in fact it was hotter than a summer's day absolutely beautiful it was um football was a bit attritional i thought i've certainly seen westbury play better than they did in the second half against Hallen. but you know Hallen held their nerve they held their shape they held their discipline and they hit on the counter and uh, you know when the opportunities came they took them and frankly I mean, they had a you know, Westbury would 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 argue, I'm sure that they 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 were denied a couple of goal scoring opportunities, and they certainly put on pressure. But you know, Hallen did break away a couple of times, could have could have snatched a second. So um, perhaps both sides there uh, happy with the draw. Are we ever happy with the draw? But it wasn't a bad result for the Hallen boys, that's for sure. And Westbury, I mean, they're still undefeated, and that's a um, that's a remarkable achievement. So we um, you know we do take our hats off um, to them um, for that. 
course, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Tool Station. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Tool Station website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect another helping hand from Tool Station. Your best mate for the job. We uh, will have a look at matters in the first division and um, a, a side that you have described in recent weeks as going under the radar, Ashton and Backwell United. <laughs> yeah, uh, another win for them, uh, up into six. And yeah, they joined um, four, other, four other sides uh, on 20 points. And it's early, early in the season, but it's uh, yeah, incredibly tight at the top. Uh, yeah, and their latest win, Ashton and Backwell, 2-0 at home to Bristol Telephones. And it was goals from Callum Townsend and Joe Ellis. Uh, helping them to, to the victory there. And not only a good win for them uh, in that fixture, but also 122 at the ground. They're obviously doing something right. I think we need to get Ashton and Backwell on the podcast soon to find out, find out what they're all about. Right, now, um, Calm Town. Um, they were in action at home to, um, to high-flying Chard. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and this one went with the home side. Uh, a 1-0 win for Calm. And it was Matthew Jenkins' goal, uh, firing them to a... A victory over over Chard. Uh, both of these sides uh, identical records now. Eleven games played. Uh, they've both got twenty points. So joining Ashton back well. Uh, yeah, so joint second, I guess you could say, apart from the, the goal difference. So yeah, um, a pretty pretty important win for Cowan to, to keep pace with the uh, the top the top six. And uh, we can't talk about that cluster of sides at the top of the table. Um, it's taken us a, it's taken them a while to get there, but um, Canesham Town they're in winning mm-hmm. winning ways again. Yeah, a little bit of a slow start, but yeah, they're up and running now, uh, it looks like. Uh, and likewise, like uh, like Calm and, Calm and Charles, they've both yeah, also got 11 games played and 20 points. So, uh, yeah, extremely tight at the top. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're yeah, definitely picking up steam. Uh, a goal of first half against Caution. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, Cameron Shawnee, a long-range free kick, uh, putting them ahead uh, before an own goal then extended the, the lead. Uh, and then A.D. Harvey, uh, towering had a pretty late on. Uh, to, to wrap up that victory, so yeah, pretty impressive freedom win for Canesham over Caution. Seven goals at our um, our next game, uh, and uh, well, Radstock Town, the Miners, they would certainly have gone home happy. And am I right in saying for the first time this season from from a home game? Yeah, indeed, I think so. In the, in the league, I think that's the first first win there uh, on home soil. So uh, yeah, pretty impressive five two victory over Oldland. Uh, it was Sam Gregory uh, who did well for them. He opened the scoring. Uh, pretty early on, before Jack McCarthy scored a scored a double in the middle there, uh, keeping Oldland at bay, they managed to they well, did their best to try and uh, get back into the contest. But uh, always a sort of a goal behind, uh, ever ever making it make, making it tight. And then later on, uh, Sam Gregory added his second uh, long range lob, uh, yeah, to make it five two. And yeah, that was how it stayed. So Radstock uh, claiming a, an important three points. And finally, Welton Rovers, the league leaders, of course, in the first division. They've been on a fantastic run of form. They uh, they were the visitors to Wincanton Town, but Welton certainly weren't at the races. No, indeed. Uh, Wincanton, I can't remember if we mentioned it last week, but they are, yeah, they're doing really well in front of goal. Uh, they might not be uh, a lofty league position uh, at this moment, but um, certainly uh, firing all cylinders at the, at the top end of the pitch. Uh, yeah, scoring three in their previous two league fixtures, I think, before this one. Uh, yeah, they made a good start. Uh, two goals ahead uh, inside 18 minutes. Toby Cole scoring twice. Uh, but Welton, um, yeah, themselves have started pretty poorly in some games recently. Quite a few come from behind wins. 
and yeah, they threatened again in this one. Benwich uh, getting them back to 2-1. Uh, but but Wincanter managed to push on late on. Uh, and uh, yeah, another free kick from Downwise, putting them 3-1 ahead before Cole completed his hat-trick uh, pretty late on. And uh, yeah, ended Welton's winning run. So uh, yeah, a really good 4-1 victory for Wincanter at home to Welton. Anyway, that impressive victory um, for Wincanton was all the excuse I needed to get hold of Chris Wise, of course, the manager at Wincanton Town. I started by asking him how confident he was that his side could get something out of the game on Saturday. Uh, yeah, I think, t- to be honest, we've um, we've been on a good run. Um, be- before that Saturday, we'd gone five unbeaten, uh, including the cup game against Ashton and Backwell. And we've been scoring a lot of goals lately, and um, I on our day, we're a match for any team in, our, in the league, we feel. So um, yeah, we're always confident going into every game. Yes, your, um, your good form of late has, has, um, it has certainly gone noticed, as it's your goal-scoring form by, um, by my colleague Tom Hiscock. Um, but you did have three draws um, on the bounce. So do you think you were, you were due a win? Yeah, I think um, in some of those games, I mean, perhaps the... Uh, the nil-nil draw at home with um, with Longwell uh, Longwell Green was the only one really you'd say, yeah that that probably on reflection was a, was a fair result. Um, we drew three all at Bishop Sutton. That was despite having ten men for over half an hour, and um, actually being one nil down when we went down to ten men, we went three one up with ten men. Um, that went back to three all. Uh, and the other games against um, Ashton and Backwell, uh, both in the league and the cup, again, over the 90 minutes in both of those fixtures, we really felt we did enough to win the game. And it's just been a case of not quite taking the chances. Despite the goals we have scored, we've still not been taking the amount of chances that we've been creating. So um, it was nice on Saturday to see us be a lot more clinical. And obviously it resulted in the, uh, the four goals. Uh, now, I'm, I'm pleased to hear you so buoyant, um, Chris, because obviously there's plenty that's been going um, that's been going well for you. But um, one of the things when we look at the when we look at the first division table at the moment, you're, you're obviously you're obviously in fifteenth. Now, I, I was going to ask you whether or not you were happy with your side's start to the campaign. But one of the things we notice about the first division table is that it is, it's incredibly close. I mean, it, you know, almost ridiculously so. We've got five teams all on 20 points at the top of the table. So, I mean, do you think that the table at the moment, are, are we right to talk about you being 15th? Or actually, is, is the start to the, to the campaign that you've had, do you think that that's, a, that's better than that league's position would suggest? Yeah, we, we know we're not a, a 15th in the table side and we're not looking at the table at all at the minute. Um, some of the points we've we've dropped have been sort of criminal, really. I mean, Portishead away, um, their only win of the season was against us um, and that was, a, that was a disaster, what happened there that day. Um, Oldlands away, we, um, we had a bad defeat there as well. Um, so we... And, and of course, we've, we were a bit of a draw specialist up and, uh, and until a few sort of the last game. So we know we've dropped some crucial points so far this season. There's no getting away from that, and it's um, it's clear that um, we could be higher in the league than what we are already. But we're not really looking at the table at this stage. I still don't think the uh, the table reads completely true to um, to where it will be at the end of the season at the moment. Uh, there's so many games left to play for, and so many points available. That we're still just trying to start picking up as many points as we as we can on a game by game basis to start nudging us further and further up the league. Um, 
as, as I mentioned, we're on a uh, unbeaten run. Before that, we hadn't won in five games. So it's amazing how quick things can turn. Um, it was important that we stop that um, losing run and turn, start picking up points, making ourselves harder to beat and start scoring goals, which I think we've done. I think we're heading in the right direction. So let's throw let's throw the league table out the window for the purposes of this conversation. <clears throat> um, when you started this season, what were the expectations, what were the targets that you set for the side? Um, it was a bit of a strange one, really, because this is my fourth year in the job. Um, the other, the previous three years, had quite a settled side, um, quite a, uh, an established side. And the first game of the season this year, away at Radstock, the starting eleven had seven new players. So it's very, very new look, um, very, very different team to last year. So it's a lot of players gelling together. So to set any firm targets um, right from the very off was uh, always going to be a bit of a bit of a challenge. But we we know sort of internally roughly where we want to be. Um, and we know where we can get to, and it's just a case of, like I say, almost taking each game as it comes and just chipping away bit by bit. Right, well, each game as it comes, you've got Wells up next, and um, I imagine that you'll be hoping to keep your good run of form going. Yeah, Wells on Saturday. I mean, before the Welton game, um, Saturday just gone, We, the run of fixtures we've got are um, incredibly tough looking, um, with obviously Welton and Wells, then we've got Corsham in the Cup, Khan away and then Canesham away so um, I think realistically after that Canesham game we'll know we'll know by then that'll take us up to sort of the middle of November we'll know really where, roughly where we're going to be this season um, the Wells game again I've heard some good things from opposing managers about those already this season um, they've obviously come down and they, they've started well so we know again Wells will be a, a very tough game Grassroots football has been in the headlines in the last week or so, um, and a lot of it is focused around the sale of Wembley and the investment of millions, hundreds of millions of pounds into the, into the grassroots game. But looking at it from your perspective as a manager and you know, as a manager of players, of course, in the Western League, I mean, from your perspective, what sort of things could the, uh, could the, could the or should the Football Association be looking to do to support the grassroots game? For, for me, you only have to look at last season and look at what one bad winter can do to the, to a season and to the uh, the fixtures because of the facilities and equipment that teams have available that you have a, a bad winter of snow and rain and before you know it, we, you can go how many weeks with uh, without playing a fixture? I think we went 13 weeks without playing a home game last year, which... Um, that speaks volumes. So, for me, they, it's all about funding. It's all about improving facilities. Um, our own, our own pitch, Moore Lane. It's great, and it's um, we, we've got a team of unbelievably dedicated volunteers who do absolutely everything they can to get it as as good as they can. And during these months, when we're in now the weather we've had recently, it's 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 a good surface. But we know already that come the winter, when the rain sets in and the bad weather is here on a, a continuous basis that, unfortunately, there's going to be very little they can do to stop games being called off and to stop the disruption. Whereas if there was more funding to improve um, facilities, improve equipment, etc., then that can only be a massive benefit. I don't want to labour this point because I think you've, you've made an incredibly good point with your answer to that question. But one of the things I did wonder was that... Um, 
When we struggle to get games on, what flexibility could exist perhaps to moving uh, Western League matches to alternative venues? Now, we know that some grounds, particularly, you know, on, on, uh, particularly when there are artificial pitches um, that are open to sort of public, the public use, they stand up to the weather a lot better than, than the traditional grass pitch. But, but obviously the league regulations mean that, you know, there have to be certain... There have to be certain facilities in place for ground grading. But I, I just wonder what your thoughts are. I mean, how, whilst I appreciate playing home games is incredibly important to the club, I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts? Would you, uh, as far as, you know, the manager and the players are concerned, would you ra- do you think that the teams would rather get a game on at the, at, the, at the best local venue rather than have to wait week after week and potentially have well, a fixture backlog? There's absolutely um, no doubt in my mind whatsoever that you come to a point you just want to play. And even sometimes, even whether you'd end up playing the team twice away, we were that desperate to uh, try and get games on last year. Um, we didn't play a home game from, it was actually the 9th of December until the um, the 6th of February. So that was uh, that was how many Saturdays passed without us playing a home game. And we were due to have several during that time, but called off because of the, uh, the rain, etc. We had a cup game against Western Supermare, where in the end, because the pitch was that bad and we couldn't get on it because of the weather, we had to fork out out of our own money to hire Canesham's 3G and um, went over there and played that, which um, obviously we, t- we took a hit with the crowd we would have got on the on the day, etc. Um, but we were just desperate to get the fixture on. And if we could have done that locally, with there's 3Gs obviously around Wincanton and Yeovil, etc., but they're not quite up to the um, the FIFA-accredited um, standard they need to be. But if there was a, anywhere we could have played it locally, then it, obviously it would have been a massive advantage. And my thanks to Chris for his time. Now then, Tom, we'll move on uh, to look at the fixtures coming up. We've got a few games midweek, um, but there's one, I think, that sort of st- that stands out above the most. Yeah, uh, back to uh, a couple of league fixtures in the, in, in the middle of the week. No, no, no cup games uh, to look at, but uh, yeah, a huge Premier Division match on Wednesday evening, a 7.30 kick-off. Uh, Westbury United back in action at home. Uh, they take on Bitten, obviously. A bit in back to winning ways on the weekend, a 4-2 victory for them. Uh, scoring goals again, which is good to see. And yeah, definitely uh, definitely a, a match to watch, obviously, these two sides. I think had long, long winning runs to, to start the season come and stuck a little bit. Obviously, Westbury, only a draw, so they'll not be too upset with how things are going. But yeah, bitten uh, a little bit of a tough run. So back to winning ways and hopefully, yeah, a big game on Wednesday night between those two. Excellent. We've got a pretty... A busy schedule uh, over the weekend in both the Premier Division and the uh, and the First Division. Um, any games in the Premier Division particularly take your eye? Yeah, I mean, so Westbury in action again. Another really tough game away at Clevedon. Uh, obviously, uh, they've made a fantastic start to the season, so Westbury certainly going to be tested this week. They've not had the easiest set of fixtures, so uh, yeah, Saturday afternoon should be a good one in the Premier Division. Also, uh, Bradford Town, obviously. Winning start for the new manager, and they, they get a tough test. They travel down to, to take on Willand, who, yeah, tough nut to crack down there. So, uh, yeah, that's another, another another game I'm looking forward to. A couple in the Premier Division there. Uh, they, yeah, should make a, have a big bearing on the, how the league looks at the end of the week. Particularly interested to see how odd down against Hallen goes. Um, the Ray Johnson derby. Oh, yeah. That one, I know that uh, Ray obviously was um, in the dugout uh, at the weekend in the Westbury match that um, that I was able to go and see. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to have a chat with him at the time, but uh, I know that uh, 
his return to Odd Down will be eagerly anticipated. So uh, we do we do like a, a, a returning um, manager. So nothing nothing like that to spice up um, proceedings. Anyway, uh, looking uh, now looking now at uh, matters in the first division, and uh, anything there grab your eye. Yeah, I've managed to pick out a couple of couple of six. I think uh, between the top sides, we've got Chard and Canesham. Uh, two of those teams locked on on 20 points. That's second and third as things stand. Obviously, it might change uh, following the midweek games. Uh, yeah, two sides who've made uh, pretty promising starts. Obviously, Kenshin picked, form, picked their form up a little bit of, of recent times. And then also Bishop Sutton, uh, Caution, just uh, just below the below the top six, both of those. But yeah, I think they're pretty pretty content with how they'll have begun the season. And yeah, that should be a, be a good contest there. And if I'm allowed out the house for good behaviour, then um, I might be able to get down to watch Devizes against Warminster. Uh, nothing like a Wiltshire derby to get the crowds out. I'm sure that will be a very, very well-supported fixture. And Devizes could certainly do with a win. I think probably Warminster would quite like a win as well. Uh, it should be exciting to see two, um, two local sides um, taking each other on. Certainly, they're very local to me anyway. Right then. Uh, well, we did the we did the goal scorers uh, last week. So, um, uh, do you want to have a bit of a do you want a bit of a nose th- uh, uh, across the league tables, Tom? I mean, uh, I think I think they're starting to take shape now. A little bit, yeah, a little bit less um, up and down week by week. So, yeah, starting to position themselves maybe a little bit. So, Premier Division, uh, we've got Willand, who are currently top. They've played eleven, uh, won nine of those games, and they're on twenty eight points. So a fantastic start for them. Uh, we've got Bridgewater in second, uh, the best goal difference. Uh, Certainly, certainly banging them in at the uh, yeah goal scoring end. They've played 12. Uh, they've got 26 points. That's two behind Willand. And then we've got Westbury uh, a point further back on 25, but they've only played nine games. So a couple of a couple of games in hand on the top two. Uh, and then also I think Cleveland definitely worthy of a, a mention in fourth. Played 11, uh, 24 points. So yeah, fantastic start for those four sides. And then you've got the likes of Bradford and Ditton uh, uh, leading the chasing pack. Yeah, the um, the other end of the Premier Division, um, Shortwood United continue to find life hard in the uh, in the Western League. Yeah, they're still looking for their for their first win, and um, Hengrove Athletic with that, with only that one solitary win at the moment, putting them on on three points in nineteenth position. Bridport don't know whether this position third from bottom is um, is uh, is slightly misleading. I mean, Bridport have always been a tough nut to crack. I think most um, managers would agree with that. They've only played seven. Most teams around them have played sort of, certainly ten, if not nine. Shepton Mallet up in, up into fifteenth. There, they've played eleven. So Bridport only seven games. They've got seven points. You've got Chipping Sodbury and Cribs just above them uh, on uh, on uh, on nine points. Well, we'll have a look into the first division. Yeah. So as we sort of mentioned uh, during the podcast, we've got quite a lot of teams. Top, very, very, very close. Uh, Welton, they're top. Uh, obviously, that winning run really helping them. So they've uh, played 11 league games so far. They've got 23 points. Uh, and then, yeah, we've got five teams uh, sat on 20 points. Uh, we've got Chard, Canesham, Cheddar, Cowan, uh, and Ashton and Backwell. Uh, three of those have played 11 matches, so it's extremely tight. Ashton and Backwell played one more in 12. Uh, Cheddar have only played nine, so they'll probably, uh, yeah, fancy they can move up if they win a few of the games in hand which obviously will come a little later in the season and then yeah caution one further point back in 7th uh, they were 19 points from their 11 games so yeah really really tight at the top and plenty of teams just below that all the way down to sort of 16th spot we've got Bishop's Lydia they're just 7 points off 2nd so I mean it really is uh, yeah really could change quite quite dramatically if uh, yeah results start going a certain team's way well three teams that haven't made the best start Portishead um, 
uh, Chippenham Park and Bristol Telephones. They're the, the bottom three at the moment. Each of those sides only won one game, and Portishead have got three points. Chippenham Park on five and Bristol Telephones uh, on five. So I think that they'll be certainly looking for their fortunes to turn themselves round and uh, hopefully start looking up the table rather than down it. Anyway, that's... Um, that, that covers our roundup of the league tables. Tom, thank you very much for your time. Um, we've been looking at your excellent bulletin, as we always do. Um, can the, uh, can the, where can the listeners find that? Uh, so that is on the, uh, the Tool Station League website. Uh, there's a tab along the top. Uh, you can click on the bulletin. That will give you the, the most recent um, version. Uh, and it's also on the home page, uh, just underneath the league tables. So, yeah, uh, that, should, that should be there for everybody to, to, to view now. Excellent stuff. And have you penned your column for the non-league paper? Yeah, indeed. Uh, a couple hundred words on the uh, the Premier Division matches. Uh, so yeah, that should be should be in the well is in the um, yeah the usual places, step five and six section in the uh, yeah the normally paper. Excellent, Tom. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Hopefully, when we when we speak again next week, my. I won't be struggling with a cold. It's funny, actually. I actually felt all right when this interview started, and I think over the sort of the last twenty minutes, I've progressively, I've progressively deteriorated. It's the, it's the. Um, I'm going to need to go and lie down in a cold room. I don't think I'll, I might not be allowed out to to watch football at this rate. Uh, anyway, it's been great speaking to you, and uh, well, that's that's it for me and Tom for another edition of the Tool Station Western League podcast.